0: and we are live. (laughs) Live. Welcome to Apartment 309 Podcast, the one-sided storytelling podcast where I dive into true crime or the paranormal and tell it to my captive audience boyfriend while he reacts occasionally. So basically just a recording of part of our normal day. I'm Lauren, and
1: I'm Eric,
0: and we live in in Apartment apartment 309. 309. We did. It's our second one.
1: D- round two.
0: Round two. How do you feel?
1: I feel a little under the weather.
0: Feel a little under the weather.
1: Yeah. Woke up with a little bit of a sore throat, but nothing coffee can't solve. <laughs> Warm coffee. How are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling good. I got, finally, a good night's sleep. Oh, yeah? Last night. Yeah.
1: Slept. We slept late.
0: We did. Like, half the day was gone.
1: It feels weird. I know. We're spoiled. I'm not a big fan, but I really need it. I don't sleep much during the week.
0: I'm not a big fan of the waste of time, but I am a big fan of the use of time while I'm doing it. Right. All right. Well, do you have anything phenomenal happen this week?
1: No, nothing phenomenal. Just a regular work week.
0: It's perspective.
1: I do. Yeah. It is perspective. That's my perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Just a not super exciting work week.
0: Well, my week, I uh, while I was editing our first episode, I uh, realized I'm an abuser of idioms and I tend to skip words or not process a full thought.
1: That's what you've realized editing yourself? Yeah. Wow. In my
0: head, I feel like I finished those thoughts, but it is a wonder anybody understands what the heck I'm saying.
1: Right. What was that?
0: I like how you told me that you had a sore throat after I had you take a sip out of my drink, and then you handed I know. it back. That's
1: what made me think about it. I felt pretty bad at the moment. <laughs> in the moment, <laughs> but I'm not sure if it's like sickness. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Ugh. I I do feel a little under the weather.
0: I think mine is probably just seasonal allergies.
1: Yeah, definitely not allergies. I know what those are. Allergies hit me really hard.
0: Since uh, your week was so boring, let's let's add a little jazz to it.
1: my sickness no not your sickness you're weak what's adding jazz to it this story oh let's add jazz to it let's do it yeah i'm excited to hear what you got for me this time
0: i said i was hard to understand but i'm not that hard (laughs) to understand
1: yeah you'd like to think so
0: i don't know anyway
1: all right so what do we got
0: my big question this week is why do carbs get all the hate
1: that's your big question for the week
0: that's my big question for the week
1: am i supposed to answer it
0: i don't know i've been really into bread
1: why do carbohydrates get all the hate? Yeah. that Because well, they're like bad a lot of, for you. They're poison. Uh,
0: okay. Well, I think that everything in moderation is, is key, and that includes carbohydrates.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of poison here and there.
0: Yeah. It's like arsenic Nothing can make good for you in small amounts. Isn't it? Everybody's got a little thallium in them.
1: Is it that it's good for you or is that it's just not going to kill you in small amounts?
0: Well, here's a question is is it all about the chemical components of something slowly kills you over time in large doses, but it serves your soul in the moment? I suppose. <laughs> anyway. You know my favorite food of all time is like a good salad, but I also have a thing for sandwiches. Like nine times out of ten, my midnight snack is gonna be a little half sandwich. Well, I also love The type of bread that has a bunch of seeds on it, like crunchy bread. I'm a big texture person, and I love the crunchy seeds. If you go into any major grocery store uh, to find a seedy bread, or even just looking at the bread, you're probably going to run into a loaf of Dave's Killer Bread.
1: Oh yes, I do know Dave with the muscly man.
0: Yeah, the muscly man. So why is it named Killer Bread? And it does have that cartoon drawing of the guy. That almost looks like he should be on the side of a moving truck, you know, like a moving truck company.
1: Yeah. He's like, he's almost like Mr. Clean, but in an alternate universe.
0: Mr. Clean's cousin.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mr. Dirty. Yeah. Right. So Dave's killer bread. Who is Dave? Well, unlike Betty Crocker, Dave is real. His name is Dave Dahl, like the author. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, Dave in the bread factory.
1: Okay. So Dave's a real guy. Did you know that Bert from Bert's Bees is a real guy? no yeah really? yeah he actually he made the wax he was a beekeeper really yeah they like totally took his company from him what do you mean it, well they use his product i guess i don't want to speak too much on it because i don't know exactly but it's he um yeah he was a dude that was just he's just kind of a loner and he would like beekeep and make all this uh really great bees wax and i don't know the specifics of the story but it's kind of like somebody got involved with him and they really kind of extorted him in a way to make different products and make a business out of his like the fact that he keeps bees and stuff i don't i don't want to say too much because i don't know exactly but it's it's interesting and i watched a documentary about it and he's like yeah he's a real dude does not own or i think he might get some royalties from the company i don't know he better it's
0: called bird's bees right Dang. I
1: could be totally wrong about that.
0: Well, that's depressing. <laughs> so uh, Dave grew up in Portland, Oregon, where his family had owned and operated the Midway Bakery since his parents, Jim, and I think his mom's name is Wanine. They bought it in 1955. In 1984, Jim changed the name to Nature Bake, and rightfully so. He was ahead of his time in experimenting with sprouted wheat bread and in classic Portland fashion, organic and more nutritious loaf options. I was looking this up and it actually sent me down a rabbit hole about white bread. And I was like, why did white bread become so popular? I I mean, I could keep falling down that rabbit hole through the origins and the history of bread. But for the sake of everyone's sanity, because we've already derailed a couple of times, just simply put, white bread has been around for centuries. They found it in ancient Egypt, got really big in the 1800s. But then during World War II, there were some restrictions put on specifically sliced bread by the government. And I'm sure you're going to love this. It was in an effort to regulate consumers during a time where consumable goods were hard to come by. So they actually put government restrictions on sliced bread.
1: Of course they did.
0: (laughs) White bread was replaced by the National Loaf in Britain and War Bread or Victory Bread in the U.S. They had substitutes in them like rye and rice, and they really tried to even push potato substitutes in bread. Nobody liked it. The bread was soggy. They described it like clay, like it just was gross is yucky folks really didn't like it but the reality of the situation is they were in the middle of wartime there's limited resources even if the government hadn't put restrictions on it trying to get a hold of good grain to make bread was hard if not impossible
1: but that's not the same as potato bread because they do have potato bread
0: I mean, I feel like maybe they changed the recipe because one of the things that was lacking also was sugar. Trying to get a hold of sugar was really difficult. So it was just this like paste that took the place of bread for a while. It's like replacing a good bowl of spaghetti with some ramen noodles. It okay. works. It does the job, but it's it's not <laughs> the same. Okay. Yeah propaganda from the government back then was fierce it was it was hard so they shamed people into supporting the troops Uh, it was general consensus that the troops they're in the trenches they deserve the good stuff so save the good stuff for them and they came up with slogans like save the wheat and help the fleet (laughs)
1: because they they really they really
0: liked those back then the press and the government were really up in people's face about it, really guilt tripping them. Even things like go with war bread instead of victory bread, because victory bread was only like, I think, 25% of the filler. And war bread was something like 50% filler. And they were like, you know, don't eat bread, ditch the bread. I also learned about canned bread in this process. Have you ever heard of canned bread?
1: Um, I'm not sure
0: canned bread you crack the can open and you dump the can shaped loaf out it's a brown bread it's super dense they make it with molasses and it's eaten frequently with beans and hot dogs and then I guess you can put raisins in it to kind of sweeten it a little bit yeah your face it's what happened to my face too
1: (laughs) yeah it's disgusting
0: yeah okay war bread victory bread aside back to Portland Dave of Dave's Killer Bread started working with his family bakery around age nine. He was definitely not a huge fan of working with the family business as a child, He started acting out, causing problems with the family. He had at least one other sibling that I know of that also worked there, his brother. Dave acted out in all the typical ways, smoking cigarettes. He started experimenting with drugs. Eventually, he drops out of high school in 1980 and then went on to serve his first of several stints in jail, this time for burglary, in 1987. So he gets out of jail, he goes back to the bakery in 1989, and then he quits, and he moves all the way across the country to Massachusetts. Some of us would call that doing a geographic, and as typical, it did not work. The change of scenery did the exact opposite with Dave landing himself a front row seat behind bars for armed robbery. I did my best to go look into more of those details, but I had to pay for any more information. Yeah, I don't know. I just left it.
1: And decided not to. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Wow, Dave was kind of a a rebel, huh? Yes, he was.
0: (laughs) I feel like it's something we could probably relate with without the armed robbery and burglary
1: (laughs) killer bread baby
0: killer bread all right so I'm not sure what happened in the interim uh what I did find out is from the search that I had access to it looks like he kind of jumped up and down the east coast for a while I think I saw maybe in Florida for a little bit and then back up And then he finds himself back on the West Coast, where again, he starts serving time in 1997. I don't know what he got arrested for this time, but 1997. In 2001, he was put into a program to help with drug addiction, and that's while he's still behind bars. He ended up getting into computers and was actually pretty good at Drafting and design, like computer based drafting and design in 2001. So good that he ends up not just learning, but teaching other folks that were in the same program with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, natural born leader. He keeps trying to run from it. But he was eventually released at the end of 2004 and then headed back to the family business in Portland. This extended incarceration, he was in Oregon, I think, or Washington, right around the the same area instead of fighting the inevitable, Dave started to embrace his baking heritage and with the help of his nephew, Shobi, they bring the first loaves of the now infamous bread to the Portland farmer's market. They were big on texture. They're big on quality. They're big on just overall flavor and the people loved it. So now he is on the up and up. Dave was proud to be a second-chance employer, which means he hires ex-cons. He's a big believer that your past should not define your future. But Dave wasn't done yet. Full circle, back to being charged with third-degree assault in 2013 after a mental health crisis. It sent Dave and his car spiraling into a police brawl. Remember the drawing of Dave on the bread packaging?
1: I do, yeah.
0: Well, it's not too far from what Dave actually looks like. He is not a small dude. He takes off in his Escalade after a female friend of his calls emergency services saying that he's having a mental health crisis. His behavior, like, we we need assistance. He hops in his Escalade and he immediately rams two squad cars just head on, just whoopah. Oh boy. And then, while they're trying to arrest him, he's fighting them off. And he ends up sending three of the officers to the hospital.
1: Oh, Dave. Dave. I did not see this coming.
0: This time around, they actually got him checked out, and they actually diagnosed him this time with bipolar. And I don't know, that's his personal business, how, how they handled that. But apparently, whatever they did this time really worked, because he has seemingly stayed out of trouble since then. I think at the time the judge actually barred him from going into bars, from driving, kind of helped keep him out of shenanigans, whatever. He ended up really buckling down and really lit a fire with what he'd started with his nephew. Gets back into it, his brother brings him back, and by 2014 they were selling Dave's Killer Bread in Costco, and by 2015 they sold the business or allowed flowers, foods to acquire. Wow. Yeah. So he's still making bread and it allowed them to spread nationwide, brought them all the way up into Canada and down to Mexico. I feel like this is a great example of trying to fight your fate. <laughs> it's, he started in the, the bread factory and he ended with his own bread factory. And it's a really, I think, great success story. It's a really rocky story, and I personally hope the best for him. I still yeah. see with everything in moderation, unless it's illegal.
1: Right, yeah. And I'm glad that um, he was able to turn it around. I'm looking at his mugshot here. He got beat up pretty good on this one. <laughs> Which mugshot? <laughs> He's got a pretty killer mullet in this one. It's
0: probably an older one.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looks a little early 90s.
0: Yeah, Dave doesn't look like a guy you'd want to mess with.
1: Uh, no, he doesn't. But he also looks very friendly. It might be the bias of the fact that he is like standing here with loaves of bread. It's hard to think of somebody as really intimidating when they get their bread lined out like that. But yeah, good for him.
0: I mean, look at the difference. Uh, look at the twinkle in his eye. The, the difference <laughs> between that mugshot and then him getting back into making bread and like being interviewed about making bread. He just he looks happy. Right. I think he really, he found his place and I'm I'm happy for him. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for his nephew too.
1: Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Happy for him.
0: Go them. I, I didn't write this down, but he has reached a point where he can kind of start to branch out from just focusing solely on bread. And he's actually starting a museum with a collection of African art pieces. I I think he's doing it in Portland as well. I don't know many details on it. I think it's relatively new. Yeah, he's starting a a museum.
1: Nice. Good story. I'm glad he turned it around. Yeah. Is that the story?
0: Yeah, that's the whole story. I told you it was a short one today. I see. We'll just have a short episode this week, like a 15.
1: I, I, I suppose.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight for this short episode of Apartment 309. Please feel free to send us your story, whether it's about your experience with the paranormal, true crime, alien encounters, or anything of the like. You can email us at apartment309podcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, apartment309podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at, you guessed it, apartment309podcast. And don't forget to rate and review. Be sure to follow us so you don't miss one of our weekly episodes. And we hope you join myself, Lauren and Eric next time in Apartment
1: 309.